the Miller home across the street. Abandon all hope, ye who enter here, is one of five townhouses that I can survey from the south-facing windows of my own. To the east stand the identical twin Gray sisters, same box cornices crowning the windows, same bottle-green front doors. In the right, the slightly grayer sister, I think, live Henry and Lisa Wasserman, long-time residents. Four decades and counting, bragged Mrs. Wasserman when we moved in. She dropped by to tell us, to your faces, how much she and my Henry resented the arrival of another yuppie clan in what used to be a real neighborhood. Ed fumed. Olivia named her stuffed rabbit Yuppie. The Wassermen, as we dubbed them, haven't spoken to me since, even though I'm on my own now, a clan unto myself. They don't seem much friendlier toward the residents of the other Gray sister, a family called fittingly Gray. Twin teenage girls, father a partner at a boutique M&A firm, mother an eager book club hostess. This month's selection, advertised on their meetup page and under review right now in the Gray's front room by eight middle-aged women, Jude the Obscure. I read it, too, imagined I was one of the group, munching coffee cake, none handy, and sipping wine. This I managed. What do you think of Jude, Anna? Christine Gray would ask me, and I'd say, I found it rather obscure. We'd laugh. They're laughing now, in fact. I try laughing with them. I take a sip. West of the Millers are the Takedas. The husband is Japanese, the mother white, their son unearthly beautiful. He's a cellist. In the warm months, he rehearses with the parlor windows thrown open, so Ed used to hoist ours in turn. We danced one night in some long-gone June, Ed and I, to the strains of a Bach suite. Swaying in the kitchen, my head on his shoulder, his fingers nodded behind me as the boy across the street played on. This past summer, his music wandered toward the house, approached my living room, knocked politely on the glass. Let me in. I didn't. Couldn't. I never opened the windows. Never. But still I could hear it murmuring, pleading, let me in, let me in. Number 206 to 208, a vacant double-wide brownstone, flanks the Takeda's house. An LLC bought it two Novembers ago, but no one moved in. A puzzle. For nearly a year, scaffolding clung to its facade like hanging gardens. It disappeared overnight. This was a few months before Ed and Olivia left, and since then, nothing. Behold my southern empire and its subjects. None of these people were my friends. Most of them I'd not met more than once or twice. Urban life, I suppose. Maybe the Wassermen were on to something. I wonder if they know what's become of me. A derelict Catholic school abuts my house to the east, 
practically leans against it. St. Dymphna's shuddered since we moved in. We'd threatened to send Olivia there when she misbehaved. Pitted brown stone, windows dark with grime. Or at least that's what I remember. It's been a while since I laid eyes on it. And directly west is the park. Tiny, two lots across and two deep, with a narrow brick path connecting our street to the one directly north. A sycamore stands sentry at either end, leaves flaming. An iron fence low to the ground hems in both sides. It is, as that quotable broker said, very quaint. Then there's the house beyond the park, number 207. The Lords sold it two months ago and promptly cleared out, flying south to their retirement villa in Vero Beach. Enter Alistair and Jane Russell.